My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. So I think that it's important that if we have prayed and we've asked the Holy Spirit to guide us, that we can walk it out knowing that He is with us. God's presence is one of those things that He promises us never to leave us or forsake us, and He will be with us as we walk that road, even those very difficult circumstances that we might think, what good could possibly come from this? Hey friend, welcome to the podcast. Are you wondering if Jesus is done with you? Well, He is not. When our nest empty, we get to serve Him in new places and new ways. Never has the church needed us more. So let's get busy because we're not done yet. Are you stuck wondering what you should even pray for your adult kids? I have a free resource to help you. Hop on over to my website, susankmacias.com, and sign up to join my newsletter. You will then receive a free book. It is a PDF download entitled Five Prayers for My Adult Kids. There are five specific prayers, and each of them have three verses that totally support from God's Word. Not only that we should be praying for these things, but exactly what to pray. God wants us to pray, and He shows us what we should pray. I can't wait to share it with you. Check it out. I'm so glad you're here for this episode of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. My special guest today is Christine Brown. Christine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me to be here, Susan. I'm anxious to visit with you and with your listeners. I can't wait to tell your story. Christine Brown is a communicator at heart, ministry, wife, mom, stepmom, and Mimi. She's a former chronic warrior who loves connecting with women today and teaching them about women of the Bible. You'll find encouragement to help you become more than yourself through God's word at her website, morethanyourself.com. Any given day, you might find Christine enjoying an extra long walk through a neighborhood or ordering yet another book to read. Oh, Christine, we have a lot in common. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much, Susan. Yes, the struggle is real and the ever-growing stack on my nightstand just keeps getting bigger, but I am an avid reader for sure. So you are an empty nest mom. Tell me about when your kids first left home. Did you find there were It was more of a challenge or less of a challenge than you expected? It was absolutely 1000% more of a challenge than what I expected. But, you know, I feel like in those times when we are connected, so connected to who we are as a mom or as a professional in whatever job we have or as a wife or whatever that identity is that we've come to grow into, I feel like God puts little glimpses in our 
path and in our sights to help us to let go of those times when we need to let go. And I really believe that that was true for me as I started to see my children becoming more independent. It helped me to know that they were ready and that helped me to be ready too to let go. Mm, that's good. That's good. It does help when you, when you know they're ready to, to fly off the nest. For yes. some kids, that's easier than others, but that's that's a good word. So what blessings did you look forward to um, experiencing in the empty nest years? Susan, one of the things that I really looked forward to when I was stepping away from my job as a public school teacher, when my youngest son was graduating from high school, I looked forward to having time. And I realized that that was a blessing, but it was also a struggle for me because I wasn't used to having that time. And suddenly I had open spaces on my calendar, whereas before every moment was scheduled out for me. And I think that people look forward to that time, but then don't realize the things like loneliness that can come in. So I needed to really look at time as a gift from the Lord for that season and not feel guilty that I had it. but give myself permission to enjoy it. It was okay Mm -hmm. if I suddenly had time to go for a walk or go get a cup of coffee with a friend and know that this may be for a season and the Lord has given me this and he's given me some things that he wants me to do during this time. Mm, That's a good word. Okay. But then um, I've read your book, Cinched, and we're going to be talking about that. And that tells the story about how in your empty nest years, you ended up traversing an an unexpected and difficult road, experiencing cancer. But out of that, on this side of it, you have discovered the trustworthiness of God. And you you shared these words with me that I wanted to share with um, the audience because I love them so much. You said, God is faithful. We can trust him with our emptiness plans, even when they look nothing like we hoped or expected. So tell us your story, Christine. I had been looking forward to having some time at home because, like I said before, in my professional life as a public school teacher, I was doing a little bit of writing on the side. It was another passion that I had, and I had been juggling those things for a long time, and I knew that it was going to be a time in those emptiness years that I would have more um, ability to write. And I had written one book before, but I had an idea for another book. So I had everything lined out exactly like I expected it to go and was so excited, even though I had such a wonderful experience as a teacher, I knew this was where God was leading me now. So as I stepped out into that, looking forward to writing this next book, we were planning a vacation to celebrate our empty nest time. And my husband and I actually went on a vacation. And during that vacation, two weeks into our lives as empty nesters, I had an unusual pain that just came out of nowhere. And within just weeks, I heard those words from the doctor that nobody wants to hear and came face to face with my battle with colorectal cancer. So needless to say, things shifted for us quickly in those empty nest years. And I remember a moment one night praying And basically just saying to the Lord, well, 
okay, Lord, I can see that all of these plans that I had laid out are not what you have for me right now. And I immediately felt as though he was saying no to me about writing the book, about my life as a freelance writer, that that was not the direction he was taking me. But in that moment, in the stillness, I realized that God walking with me through this challenge was going to deepen my relationship with him in a way that was going to make the message I needed to share even more sincere, even more vulnerable. And that's the message he wanted me to share. So once I had traveled this journey, I felt an assurance that I was going to come out of it ready to speak to women about my journey with learning to trust him through life's biggest challenges. And in your book, you talk about... you. Not in detail, but you allude to the physical difficulties of treatment, treatment that is just almost worse than the disease in the way you experience it. It just sounds horrible. And so were those, were there just those dark moments? How did you get through those? It was definitely what I would consider my worst case scenario, because not only was I walking through this, like you said, the treatments were extremely difficult, but it was not something I felt like I could talk about publicly. And looking back now, I can see that that was important. That was such an integral part of the journey is that I was relying on God to be my confidant, to be my friend who was with me through this, because there were times when I felt like my husband and I were unable to really go into detail with our struggle and with our journey with others. And I had been so used to filling my time with things in order to be fulfilled that this was a clear picture from the Lord that I needed to step back and spend time with him and learn how to completely rely on him. Because I had been saying I trusted God all along, but I was living my life in a way that I was more self-sufficient than dependent on him for things. And now I was completely dependent on him. I had no other choice than to be. And quite honestly, colorectal cancer isn't something that you hear talked about a lot. And so I just needed to step back. And before I shared my story, before I listened to any advice from others, I needed to go to the Lord first and hear what he had to say about it. And that was a true lesson for me in learning to trust him before I shared my journey with other people. Yeah. And in your book, you talk about uh, three levels of trust. And I thought this was really good because I can say I trust the Lord, but that doesn't necessarily get to the depth of the actual trusting. So the three levels was there's a knowledge, there's a believing stage, then there's the verbal affirming stage. But what what we want to get to is that active doing level of trust. And so did you find yourself traveling that road over and over? Or was it, okay, finally, I'm at the the place where I'm totally trusting and I'll always totally trust from now on. It is definitely fluid. And I had been already looking at the story of a woman in scripture that I was intrigued by. And the woman's name is Rahab and some of the listeners may be familiar with her story, but I was looking into her story because 
I was amazed at her steadfast assurance in the steps that she was taking in her life. And she seemed to be able to step into something without second guessing it. And this was something that I found to be important for me, especially in the moment as I was looking at all of the treatment options for cancer and praying for God's directions, I had a tendency to second guess myself and to question whether or not I was making the right decisions. So I'd already been looking at Rahab's story and I realized that in her life, she had an encounter with two Israelite spies who Joshua had sent in to spy out the land before the Israelites moved into their inheritance from the Lord. And in that encounter, when she was speaking with these Israelite spies, she said, I know the Lord has given you this land. So she demonstrated a knowledge of who God was, which was interesting for her because she didn't have the background that some of us have with knowing scripture. And that resonated with me so deeply because I know little bits and pieces of some scripture, scriptures that I love to quote in difficult times, some things that I love to call to mind, but I realized that I wasn't truly living those out. And I wanted to get to that place. How do I live, Lord, and a deep level of trust in you, trusting you like I mean it, like I say that I do. So I had this knowledge of who God was, but I needed to learn how to apply that in my everyday life. So then I looked at Rahab, what she said next, and she proclaimed who the Lord was based on the stories that she had been told with people coming and going through the city of Jericho. She'd heard these stories and she proclaimed, your God is the God of the heavens above and the earth below. And that's an important part of our journey as well. When we learn to speak those promises of God in our lives, rather than believing the lies of the enemy. And then Rahab takes it one step further. She acted on that by asking the spies to give her a guarantee that the Lord would show her favor and be there for her and her family, whatever happened. And that was a turning point for me to say, that is my goal is to move to that active level of trust. And action doesn't always mean taking that step of faith. Sometimes it means to just wait and believe that the Lord is working in this situation and he is going to bring you through it. So to answer your question, it's an up and down. And sometimes we identify more with that knowledge level. Sometimes we're in the saying level. Sometimes we need to speak God's promises into our situation. And then there are those times when we are ready to step out in faith and move the direction that God wants us to go. And that's where I found that I needed to make that transition was from the saying level to trusting God like I meant it. I mean, we have to know his truth in order to trust him and we need to speak it in order to get to the place where we're there. We just don't want to rely on only knowing and only speaking it. I loved the picture that you shared the Robert Frost poem about coming to the place in the woods with two roads and how he takes the road um, less traveled. And that's made all the difference. Um, But you make the point, there's a third road that is not in that point that we need to realize is always also our alternative. And that's turning back 
he could have gone back the way he came when he came to the fork in the road and taken neither of them. That's a temptation, isn't it? To turn back. It is absolutely a temptation. And I like the way you always share, Susan, how in our empty nest time that there are things that we've had experiences in our past that shape where we are going. And that's one of those things that that poem has always stuck with me and the listeners might um, enjoy knowing that I am definitely not a, a... what I would call an expert on poetry, but that particular poem is a seventh grade English teacher. We read over and over and over again. So I had plenty of time to analyze that in my mind and think about what it meant for me. And that's one thing I love about poetry is that it's so, you know, it can be so personal to us, but I realized through my inability to completely trust in the Lord that when I was making decisions, I was very vulnerable to decision, what I call in the book, decision reversal. And that is making a decision and then convincing myself, maybe because it didn't turn out the way I expected that I needed to take a step back. And I realized that that was coming more out of fear. And certainly there are times that we make a mistake, but I think it's important for us to realize that God is working in those mistakes as well. Because we step into something and it doesn't look at all like what we expected, we don't necessarily have to try to reverse that decision and say, oh, I made a mistake. I need to step back and move in the different direction or maybe step out of this job that I went into or whatever it is, an area of ministry to know that God works sometimes in those mistakes in a way that will stick with us as we step into other things, as we go into the future. Um, So we don't need to condemn ourselves for those times. But when we, like I said in the book, when we've asked the Holy Spirit to guide us, that we just trust that he's doing it. Mm. Yeah, it's very reassuring to realize we are not powerful enough to make such a big mistake that we will destroy God's plan. Like we're just Amen. not that, not that important. But um, I loved also the quote I wanted to share about trusting the Holy Spirit. You say in here, if we've asked the Holy Spirit to guide us, we need to trust that he's doing it. Yes, because we come to the place where we may hear other women say things like, well, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me, or they really felt like they heard the Lord's direction. And we think if we're not hearing God clearly about something that we don't know what to do, or we don't know which direction to go, which goes along with those two roads that diverged, I you know, my roads don't look like sometimes, you know, just one way or the other. There's many different paths. One of those favorite verses that we like to quote about trusting God is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways to acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And I think it's interesting that in many versions, including the English standard version of that verse, which I love, it says paths plural. So more than one. And uh, 
So I think that it's important that if we have prayed and we've asked the Holy Spirit to guide us, that we can walk it out knowing that he is with us. God's presence is one of those things that he promises us never to leave us or forsake us. And he will be with us as we walk that road, even those very difficult circumstances that we might think what good could possibly come from this. So now that you've gone through this where you didn't see the answer for a while and you're in the middle of your battle and on the other side, uh, do you feel that weight of uh, privilege and responsibility of this message now on your heart? You know, I think that the one thing that it has taught me more than anything else in this season is the value of relationships and the value of being a good listener, not only for our people in our lives, but also being a good listener when God is speaking so that he will use those times to open up doors of opportunity for ministry that maybe we were praying for something and we were just wanting God to show us what we're supposed to be doing, but not seeing those things right in front of us. And being able to step into those moments immediately where I might have a person send me a message and and ask me a question about my battle with cancer and maybe ask a question about getting a colonoscopy or some of those things that is a conversation I never expected to have or thought would be important. But here God has opened a door for me to now minister to others in this way and to walk in that and to trust in that and say, this is not what I had planned for myself, but Lord, I see the value in this. And to really pour into those one-on-one relationships, even if they can't be in person for whatever reason, maybe that if it's quarantine or whatever else, that we're taking those opportunities to connect with each other and to uh, mentor whoever it is that God puts in our lives in this season. I love how your, your vision of what you want to do in your empty nest years was to write. And then the cancer felt like the reason you couldn't do that. And yet it in the end was the pathway for you to write a message to share with women, to help us trust the Lord in whatever difficult thing we are going through. Isn't that amazing how he was, he was fulfilling that in the obstacle. He does. And we don't see that when we look at our current circumstances. One of my, one of my favorite verses is Second Corinthians five and seven, and there's a version, I believe it's the new living translation that says we live by believing, not by seeing. And I think when we look around at what we see happening around us, and when we're in that circumstance where there's so much pain, there's so many uh, disappointments and discouraging things that we're dealing with, we can't see what God is doing in that. And just like you said, my situation was such a beautiful example of how walking through that pain made even a stronger message for him to be able to show me the blessings coming out of that. And for me to be able to share that with others in a way that I never expected to happen. So give us a quick update on your health now. I am three years in remission and doing very well. Uh, the prognosis is good. There is no cancer present. And I do 
have to spend a lot of my time taking care of myself. And that has been something that realizing now in the empty nest years, that is also a gift because my life was so busy before I didn't always put myself first. And if I did, I felt like that was a selfish thing. Now I have to make sure I'm eating the right things and I have to exercise regularly and do these things because it is good for me and helps me to do the things that I want to do to be able to spend time with family or do things in ministry that God has called me to do. And it allows me to do that. So um, I think that that's one thing that I'm excited about sharing that in this time that it's okay to take time to take care of yourself. And it's not a selfish thing to do that. Yeah. Because it keeps you where you can keep ministering to others. That's right. So you have um, some free resources that you have shared with me. I will have all these on the show notes on the um, blog post on my website for anybody that wants to find links to these. But the three that you have, you have one on christinebrown.net, 100 of God's promises for your unraveled heart. Tell us about that real quick. Yes. And that is actually just so listeners will know in the back of the book is a glossary of God's promises. That is the same 100 verses. Now the 100 verses in the book are written out for reference because I wanted readers to have a resource where they could go to scriptures for certain things they were going through and find those promises that they could read and speak into in the in their own lives and hold on to, to help them um, move to the, a new level of trust in the Lord. So I took those, just the references and made those into a checklist. And that is available on my website. There's a five day email study called walking with Rahab, a five day challenge to better decision-making. What is that one? Yes. If readers uh, are interested. I think they might be interested in learning more about Rahab. This is a five-day study that they can sign up for, and it comes in five emails. It's a short study on the life of Rahab, and there are other studies like that on my website as well. That is fantastic. And then they can check out your book, Cinched, Living with Unwavering Trust in an Unfailing God. And cinched is C-I-N-C-H-E-D. So it's like tied, right? That's yes. the rope that Rahab hangs from her window. That is correct. Yeah, I love that. So we will have links to all those things on my website. So please check out Christine. She's got some great resources and I can highly recommend the book. It is encouraging and um, inspiring in, in building that idea of, are we trusting the Lord in walking through whatever he has in front of us? So Christine, to end up, I have two questions that I like to ask all my guests. The first is what habit or practice helps you keep moving forward with the Lord? Susan, something that we talked about earlier when I mentioned that it was important for me to take care of myself physically is that I love going for walks. And I think you mentioned that in my bio as well. And since that's important for me to do every day, I decided to combine that with my prayer time. But I also mentioned that I needed to be a better listener. And that's something that God's been working with me on is how to be a better listener. So I combine all of that. And I like to go for a prayer walk every day, but I make sure that I spend as much time listening as I do 
talking to the Lord. So I will go for a walk and have a certain distance that I like to go. And I will pray and present my request to the Lord and give him thanks and worship him. And then on the way back, I make sure that I'm listening to Mm. be able to spend time hearing what the Lord has for me. That's so good, Christine, because I think we forget in our busyness that that prayer is a two-way conversation, not just a one-way conversation. Amen. Okay. And then what book, besides your own excellent book, what book would you recommend to my listeners? Oh, there are so many good books. That is such a difficult question, but I would have to say related to our conversation today, there is one book when I was moving into the emptiness season and I was wanting to do all the things, which is my personality is to be a busy lady and to do all the things. And it was important for me to be able to try to sort through all of those good things to see what the Lord wanted for me. There was a book I read and it's called moving forward. And I believe it's by a mutual friend of ours, Krista Hutchins. She's a friend of mine. And Mm -hmm. I think you met her too. Yeah. She's been on the podcast. Oh, she has wonderful. Um, It's called moving forward inspiration for the go-getter Jesus girl. And it's a short daily devotional, but I love the way she helps focus. She helps us to focus on what God is calling us to do for the specific season in our lives. Mm. Yeah. She has some great resources. I will also link Krista's episode, her, her podcast interview, plus her website, because she does have some great resources. She's helping those of us who are trying to write or podcast or do whatever it is God's calling us to do in this season of life. She helps us actually do it. Oh, I highly recommend her resources. Yes. Excellent. Well, Christine, thank you so much. One, for sharing your story in your book, because uh, that is so important to transparently share when God takes us through those hard places. But thank you also for making the time to be on this podcast. Oh, I appreciate you having me so much, Susan. It was it was great talking to you today. All right, everybody, go check out Christine's book. You will be glad you did. And thank you for being here today. Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, susankmacias.com, to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. Macias. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet. 